You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this special Father's Day message from Pastor Jesse Rosette. For more information, please visit our website at www.creekside.org. Good morning, Creekside. How are we doing today? Happy Father's Day. So thank you for joining us. Uh, as Pastor George said, I am Pastor Jesse. And I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning. And so, you know, as much as I, I don't want to be uh, cliche, uh, you know, it's that kind of day. So, you know, I think you know what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, so as most of you know, that's right. It is International Picnic Day, right? Woo! Yeah. It is also International Sushi Day and International Panic Day, according to, uh, that's nationaldaycalendar.com. So have fun celebrating those. I'm not sure how you celebrate National Panic Day, um, but now you know, fun. So, it's Father's Day, that is correct. So, I wanna say happy Father's Day to all of our fathers in the room. Can we give one more hand to our fathers? to our stepfathers, to our father figures. Uh, also to everybody watching online, thank you for joining us. I know that my dad's watching, my sister Liesl is watching, I think other family members are gonna be joining us. I saw Kelly in the chat, I saw Donna in the chat. Thank you for joining us here this morning. Fathers, we love you, we are happy to celebrate with you, and I'm glad that you made it to church this morning because I had to comb through dad joke books and websites for weeks and you'd think that they'd be funnier. So. <laughs> I did my best. Thank you for being here. Thank you for participating. So yes, we are talking about fathers today. Uh, this is just a fun fact. Did you know that in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, God is referred to as Father somewhere around 65 times. But John wins. His Gospel alone refers to God as Father more than 100 times. I just think that's interesting. In the Old Testament, not quite as much. Maybe 15 times or so, he's talked about like a father, but never actually called father. It's much more important to the New Testament. But we can clearly see that fatherhood, that, that father figure, that is important in Scripture. Now, like I said, we have fathers, we have stepfathers, we have father figures, and while each can operate in their own unique ways, uh, one of these stands out apart from the others, the way that I see it, and that would be the specific, that, that father figure, the father figure. What is a father figure? It's a great question, glad you asked. Dictionary.com says a father figure is an emotional substitute for one's father, especially one who fulfills parental function, such as protection, authority, support, ETC. So as I see it, there are three kinds of father figures. For many of us, our father figure is our father, which is, that's, that's wonderful, praise the Lord for that. That, that's, that would be number one, your father is your father figure. For some of us, we may have a father, but they aren't much of a father figure. And uh, that's, that's, that's difficult, and I, I understand that some of us in this room might be able to relate to that, but that would be number two for us. And uh, this one, you might have a father figure, right? That is not, there's no biological relation there where they don't have kids, but they act like you are theirs and he is yours and you become each other's family, right? That's, that's number three. And these chosen relationships, they, they, can, they can sometimes feel more precious and powerful than blood, right? You know, I, I know a lot of, a lot of families that, that are made up of all different kinds of people, right? No one is related, but they're all family, but it seems like anyone can be like a father. Anyone, anyone can be like a father. And if we don't have one, 
we look for him somewhere else. That's how important a father-child relationship is. If we don't have it, we, we seek it. We, we look for it somewhere else. And study after study shows us that the relationship between a father and a child is incredibly valuable in the development of the child. Fathers, they parent differently. They, they teach differently. They play differently. They prepare their children for the world differently. Of course, none of this diminishes the value of a mother's parenting, but you already had your holiday. Don't be selfish. We're talking about dads today. <laughs> There's no denying that a father's role is crucial in a child's life. And, and, and you know what? Not, not just a child's life. I, I may not have been around as long as uh, some people, uh, but as an adult, I still need a dad. I still crave that approval, and that, that affection, that, that attention from dad. It's incredible how powerful our emotions are towards our parents. There are a few other kinds of relationships that can bring so much joy and at the same time can bring so much pain. There's this deep connection to the ones who brought us into this world. A little transparency from me. My immediate family has has been uh, changing a lot in the past year and a half. Uh, Big changes. Some good and some bad. I've got a lot of emotions about all of it. And amidst my my frustrations, my confusion, uh, all I could do was go to Jesus. That's all I could do. I I had some difficult decisions that I needed to make, and I had to set aside the emotions I was feeling, the the things that I wanted to do, and I I had to ask Jesus, what should I do? Not what I want to do, what should I do in this situation that I find myself in? And so if you follow Jesus for a while, you know that when challenges come in life, God always works it for good. Time and time again, I see how God takes terrible situations and he makes them beautiful. Every single time I, I come through something, I get on the other side and I'm able to look back and I'm going to say, oh, I see, I see what you did. I see what you're doing. But every once in a while, something comes just right out of left field and I, I find myself saying to God, good luck with this one. Right? I don't know how you could possibly work this for good. How are you going to make something beautiful out of this? So some of you may know that my, my parents, they were divorced last year. Uh, and as you may know, divorce tends to shift family dynamics a little bit. Um, and then later in, into last year, my mom remarried. So I now have a stepdad as well, hello Aaron, and, and two wonderful stepsisters. Like I said, there's the, you know, amidst the bad, there is some good as well. But I've been working through my relationship with my dad as it has changed. Not only that, but I'm I'm discovering what it means to have a relationship with with a stepdad. And now I I, I don't want... uh, you hear me, I don't want my, my, like my, the things I'm going through, my family issues, I don't want this to be the focus for this morning. I just want to share with you. I, w- I, w- I want to share with you what I've been walking through so I can better share what my Heavenly Father has been teaching me through it. Right? I just want you to understand where I'm coming from. And really, that's what this is going to be. I just want to share with you a couple of things that God has been putting on my heart. And as I was preparing for this morning, I was asking God, what, what is it that I need to share? How is it that you can use what I'm walking through to encourage and challenge the people who are going to be here? So I'm learning a lot. 
but I have two things specifically that I want to share with you, and through it, I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to be challenged. Of course, I'm focusing on fathers here, but this is something that every single one of us can hear and respond to. So here's the first thing I want to share with you this morning. Simpler is often better. Simpler is often better. There's a verse I'm going to share with you, but I want to explain the context before we get to it. So it's from the book of Micah in the Old Testament. And in this passage leading up to this verse, we see that Israel has been disobedient to the covenant agreement between them and God, and God is holding them accountable. It's a really interesting way that that the the prophet Micah wrote this because he sets up a sort of courtroom scene between God and Israel. And God is bringing his grievances, the things that he has against the people. But the people, they they respond. They have their own grievances. They have their own frustrations with God. They they believe he's asking too much. And so they, they they say these things. They say, you know, what can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow down before God most high with offerings of of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? There there, there seems to be this kind of, this, this bitterness, this kind of resentment almost built up towards God. The people, they feel exasperated and afflicted, but here is God's reply in Micah 6, 8 says this, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And in this moment, God shows us that he's not about the grand ritual. He's not about fancy words. He's not about perfection in us. No, he simply tells us that he wants his people to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. Even if we don't understand, even if we don't get it, he asks us, do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with him. So this is clearly how every follower of Christ should behave, right? But fathers, I believe, set a special example for their families. Simpler is often better. So a big vacation, a new car, college tuition, toys and trinkets, they're all great things. Wonderful, who doesn't love to give a good gift? But there are no substitute for a father who values the simple and does the simple well. I feel like it it might be the same for for many of us, but for my early years, my dad was my hero. So I I, I paid attention to him and what he did, because how else was I going to be just like him when I grew up? So I watched. And I, I owe so much of who I am to my dad. Of course, that, that's literal. I've been told I'm a copy-paste of him my entire life. You think I look young? I've been asked if he's my brother for years. Right? This, is, this is my dad. This is Tom Rosette. So from my, from my early years, these are the things that stand out in my memory, and I just wanted to share these things with you. This is what I remember and what I value. Uh, my dad got up early to read his Bible. A lot of times he was up way before I was because he had to get to work, but especially on days when he didn't have to be somewhere right away or didn't have to be somewhere till later, I'd get up and I'd see him sitting on a couch or sitting on a chair with a lamp on reading his Bible. He had a, he had a black leather-bound uh, New King James Version that was missing the bottom half of the first page or two. He told me that was my fault. Apparently I got a hold of it as a baby and it ate the pages. Um, <laughs> took putting the Word of God in me literally, right? <laughs> Made me who I am. He would take me to work with him, 
at times. And uh, occasionally, you know, we'd, we'd be walking through, you know, Home Depot to get some stuff, or we'd be on the job site, and he's trying to solve these problems. And I, I would hear him, like, praying to himself, you know, quietly. He was at church multiple times during the week to uh, attend services and to, and to serve. My parents actually had a season where they ran the youth group at the church that I grew up in. My dad, he also, he traveled a lot, but specifically to, to minister to people all over the world. I believe it was mainly in Africa where he spent time in, in Uganda, uh, deep Congo. That they, I know that they established, they helped establish a, uh, a, an orphanage in, in an, on an island in uh, Lake Victoria, a few other places in Africa as well. Uh, my parents spent a month in the Philippines when I was 10 years old. They were, they were gone for an entire month. We had friends come and stay with us at, at our house, but they, they were gone doing mission work. And I'm, I'm, so the, I'm sharing this because I'm, I'm sure that they talked to me and my siblings about why they did these things, about why they made these decisions, about the, the, the reasons behind the things that they did, but I don't remember any of those conversations. I don't remember the explanation. I don't remember the why. I just remember what they did. I just remember that these were the things that they did. By showing me what they did, they showed me what they valued, my father specifically. And more than anything, I believe he, he taught me the meaning of my life verses. Proverbs 3, verse, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So I do my best to follow the example that was set for me when I was younger. I believe a foundation of faith was set for me in watching my dad. So even at times when, <clears throat> when my relationship with my dad has been strained or less than ideal, I never forgot the simple ways that he showed me how to follow Jesus as a child. And God has been bringing back these memories as I've walked through difficulty with my family more recently as I'm frustrated and as I'm angry. Like I'm, try I'm trying to be angry, but God's reminding me of this stuff. <laughs> Look, I want to be upset, but God is trying to teach me something. And this, this hasn't just affected me. This, this has made me who I am, but it also made me uh, the, the brother that I am today. You know, as, as an older sibling, I feel like I have a hand in ra kind of raising my younger siblings. It's affected so much of my life. Some of my fondest memories are those spent with my dad where he did these simple things, where you know, he, would, he would read books to me and my siblings. That was like a, a nightly ritual we had. He would invite me to climb mountains with him because he was a big mountaineer. Uh, he would stay up late and just talk with me. So even when everything else feels like it, it's kind of blown up in my face, I, I have the memories of my dad modeling this simple life in faith and in family, and it gives me hope for the future, understanding what was and what could be. Faith is most impactful not when we have the fancy prayers and we live perfect lives. It is most impactful when we do the simple things faithfully. So be encouraged, fathers. Your impact of faith is accomplished through the simple things. This is what the Lord asks of you. Do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. I have one more thing I want to share with you today. And so if you're in this room, and you have a father, or you've had a father, or in some way, shape, or form, a father was a part of bringing you into this world. So this is everybody, is what I'm trying to say. This is all of us. This is for you. And it is this. Grace over justice. Grace over justice. 
I've been to a handful of Father's Day services, and there have been a couple of them where the main takeaway, at least for me, was do better. (laughs) Dads need to do better. Step up. Be a man. Lead your family in faith. Bacon. That was the theme of all of these Father's Day services. And it's a pretty solid message. You know, I, I agree with it mostly. We should strive to do better, to be better, to lead better. But let's remember that, just like the rest of us, dad is not perfect. Sometimes dad fails, sometimes dad struggles, and sometimes dad's best isn't as good as we want it to be. Odds are, at some point in your life, either a long time ago or more recently, your dad has hurt you. And so, hear me, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm not trying to say that the bad thing that happened is okay. Some dads did not do a good job and did not make the best choices. I know that and I understand it. But so often, I hear people sum up their relationship and their experience with their dad in like a word or two or a few words, and it sounds like this. My dad sucks, right? We have a bad relationship. My dad didn't do a good job. And, I, and I, I struggle hearing these things. Even though I don't know your specific situation, I, I, I wrestle with these kinds of statements because to me it feels like we've given up on them. I can understand being frustrated and angry, but I don't like the way that we tend to define these things when we're frustrated and angry. Full transparency again. I'm sharing this because I've been wrestling with it, and I can only imagine that some of you have wrestled with it too. Because I know the Bible says, I know what the Bible says. It says to honor our father and honor our mother, but sometimes my father and mother make that hard, right? (laughs) I love them so much, but... (laughs) But here's the tension for me. I don't believe that we are the sum of our mistakes. We are not simply our poor choices. See, we, we tend to hold a standard for how we judge people who mess up big time, especially when it hurts us. You know, you commit the crime, you do the time. Uh, they made their bed, now they have to lie in it. Or, or this one, they're just getting what they deserve. They made these choices, and now they're going to reap what they sow. And we will cling to this standard, because that's justice, Right? That's justice. We'll cling to the standard that is until it gets applied to us, right? Give me a break. You know, cut me some slack. You, you, you don't understand what I was going through. Would you give me some grace? That's how we react when it's us who makes the mistake, right? And it's a double standard, and it can only lead to more pain. Grudges and unforgiveness can only harm us. I've heard it said, unforgiveness and grudges, it's like uh, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, right? You're just harming yourself. And the Bible says this in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. If anyone had a right to give us what we deserved, it was God our Heavenly Father, and we know what He did instead. So at this point, you you may still be thinking, and I, I understand it, Pastor Jesse, you don't understand. You don't know what my dad did to me. I'm just trying to protect myself. I'm trying to protect my family. 
you don't know how disappointed and how hurt I have been by my dad. And that, that's the truth. I don't know. I don't know the details of your story. But if you want to come to me with your list of reasons and grievances that you can't love and you can't forgive your father, I can't agree with you. Not because I'm judgmental and I have these crazy high standards for Christians. That's not it at all. I just know how much I have been forgiven, how much I am loved, and how little I deserve it. And when I read my Bible, this is the way that I'd see Jesus respond to people, not with justice, but with grace. Jesus says this himself, Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Grace is unmerited favor, and if we have willingly accepted it, then we also are called to give it. I mentioned that we have powerful emotions connected with our fathers, and that's why it's so important to find ways to forgive, because that powerful of a negative emotion is only going to get worse if we don't let Jesus heal us of it. It can be a wound that harms us the rest of our life if we don't find ways to give it to Jesus. So it comes, down to, it comes down to choice, is really what I've been learning. It comes down to choice. For fathers, do you know when your faith is most impactful? It's not when you have those special prayers and you show up to church. It's when you do the simple things faithfully. When you act and you do what you believe, that is where your kids are going to see it and they're going to remember it. And for everyone who has or has had a father, have grace with your father. Remember that he, like us, is a human being, and humans fall short of the glory of God. And because we know that, we can love them and we can forgive them the same way that Christ has loved us and forgiven us. Because we understand, it's not if someone fails, it's not if someone messes up, it's when. We already know that it's going to happen. Ask God for the grace to give. I, I, I hope you leave here feeling encouraged and, and a little bit challenged, but knowing that our Father in heaven loves you dearly and there's no better Father than him, that is the example that we are trying to follow. And as Christ's followers, we have to do as Christ did, which is difficult because we want what we want. God is showing me that there is a much better way and that is to choose the simpler things in life and choose to have grace over mercy. Would you stand with me this morning as, and, and allow me to pray for you? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time, Lord, that we, we've set aside to celebrate our fathers, Lord. And because we know you work it for good, we thank you for the good and the bad. We thank you for the easy and the difficult, Lord. We praise you for these things because we know that you are working in us. And Lord, the situations that come about that cause us to, to falter and to, to be angry, Lord, we know that you have given us these things to be a part of our testimony so that we can minister to other people. Our, our, our scars tell stories. And Lord, with you, they can tell stories of your grace and your mercy. 
Lord, we, we, we pray that you would work in us. For those of us who are fathers, who will be fathers, Lord, would you show us how to walk in the simple, simple way, how to do what is right, how to love mercy and to walk humbly with you. And for those of us who have fathers, Lord, would you help us to have grace? Help us to handle these difficult emotions that try to drive us, Lord. But would we focus on you because you are a good father, a perfect father. Lord, we just love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name everybody said, Amen. amen. Church, we have to live our lives by faith. And we have to live our lives by prayer and on a prayer. Amen.